we're we're running we're running a bit late, and uh, I'll do everything I can to close this session at 1.30 uh, so that you have lunch at a reasonable time and so that we could continue our work this afternoon. Um, one of the speakers, that is Marwan Skandar, one of the speakers, Marwan Skandar, um, has sent his apologies. He, he fell ill this morning, so he won't be with us. There are only three speakers, as you see, that perhaps will shorten this session, but there will be ample time for discussion, of course. Um, there were many references this morning to Turkey, to Cyprus, more to Cyprus than to Turkey, and, I, uh, and perhaps both speakers from Cyprus and Turkey might amend their presentations so that they could uh, they could respond to what they heard this morning, but they are entirely free to choose to do otherwise if, uh, and, and stick to the subjects they, uh, that was agreed with them. The first speaker is uh, Ambassador Chagatai RGS. I got it right. He's a friend, but the name sometimes is difficult to, to get right. Uh, we'll be speaking, giving a Turkish perspective on, uh, on the regional issue of gas, the Eastern Mediterranean uh, and the energy prospects. And he has uh, a an interest in the subject, and uh, we were, during the break, talking about maritime law and uh, ways by which a regional approach might help us to ease some of the difficulties we're facing here. Ambassador. Thank you, Dr. Mitri. First of all, it's a great pleasure for me among such a distinguished panel and audience today. I congratulate uh, and thank Institute for Palestinian Studies and his dear uh, chairman, Dr. Mitri, for organizing this important seminar and giving me the opportunity to address to you. Uh, I'm not an oil expert, uh, I'm not an energy expert, but I'm much of a uh, maritime delimitation expert on the maritime, maritime borders. Before starting my presentation, allow me to say a few words about the previous panel. Uh, there was a mentioning. There was a mentioning of the agreements between uh, Greek Cypriots with Egypt, uh, Israel, and Lebanon, and uh, it is true that, uh, as far as the delimitation line is concerned, the median uh, median line uh, was adopted as a method of delimitation. But I would like to, as a uh, maritime delimitation expert, I would like to underline that uh, this method is not uh, the only method in maritime delimitation, especially when it comes to the delimitation between the islands and the territorial, uh, territorial uh, states. So uh, different approaches uh, can, be, uh, can be taken. 
And uh, another second point is that in order for countries to explore and exploit their natural offshore resources, they don't need to do an EEZ agreement because under international law, uh, those resources under the seabed fall into the category of the continental shelf. And the continental shelf right is an is a inherent right of the states. They do not need to declare this right. They already have this right. Uh, EEZ, EEZ relates to the water column uh, and it, it is related to the uh, much more of fisheries uh, so, in order for the coastal states to exercise uh, their uh, rights, they have to declare it. So, these are two uh, interesting uh, points, but I think those points deserve another uh, topic of uh, seminar, which I would in the future like to join and elaborate more on those points. Uh, going back to my presentation, uh, today I will attempt to discuss how recent developments uh, can affect or transform the energy outlook of the Eastern Mediterranean region and what Turkey's uh, role in this picture could be. As you all know, uh, as mentioned by the previous speakers, there have been a seri series of uh, gas discoveries since 2009 off the coast of Israel, Cyprus Island, and Egypt. These dis discoveries have the potential uh, both to transform the energy outlook of the resource holders and foster regional energy cooperation. They can also make the region an important potential natural gas supplier and exporter. The eastern Mediterranean natural gas finds can simultaneously serve different purposes. Some of the resources can be used for domestic consumption, some can be exported and uh, can co contribute to the energy security of Europe thus decrease the continent's dependence on limited suppliers, and they can also act as a catalyst for regional reconciliation. Discoveries of Gaza Marine in Palestine and Maribi in Israel fields in 2000 were followed, as you know, by Tamar and Leviathan fields of Israel and offshore Cyprus gas about a decade later and by the discovery of the giant Zor field of Egypt last year. Lebanon and Syria have promising exploration prospects but face serious political and commercial constraints. Among the mentioned resource holders, only Israel is producing gas today. The Gaza marine field is a relatively small field, but given the size of Palestine and its dire need of electricity, it's a relevant energy source just off its shores. Uh, Tamar field of Israel has been a significant find, uh, which is enough to meet present levels of Israel's demand for decades. Before the Zor discovery, the largest offshore discovery in the eastern Mediterranean has been the Leviathan field. 
production began in Tamar in 2013. However, the far larger Leviathan, as mentioned uh, today in the morning, was hit by a series of delays and antitrust litigation last year. Nevertheless, these issues seem to have been resolved uh, with the recent adaptation of the development plan of the Leviathan field and the conclusion of an agreement which foresees the export of 45 BCM gas from Israel to Jordan for a period of 15 years, as you mentioned. Uh, as for offshore gas of Cyprus Island, in addition to the complexity emanating from the Cyprus problem, as well as the delimitation of maritime boundary issues from the law of the sea perspective, uncertainties also center on the ultimate size of the resource. I'm sure my Greek Cypriot colleague will elaborate in detail, but as far as I have followed, uh, except for the so-called Aphrodite field, the findings of gas in the offshore of Cyprus Island have been poor compared to original expectations. Only after the Zor discovery, we observe a renewed interest for the island's offshore potential. In short, the region is rich in energy resources, but cannot yet use them to create wealth for the resource holders. There have been a various scenarios on how to exploit and transport these reserves to regional and international markets. However, political as well as regulatory and economic challenges have hindered the export of the gas reserves so far. The region needs to attract large sums of new investment to commercialize these resources. It's a challenging task given the current atmosphere of reduced demand, low price environment, and political uncertainties, as it was mentioned uh, earlier. Low oil prices have a global negative impact on the oil and gas sector investments, and this will inevitably hit the shores of the Mediterranean as well. Moreover, one should as well take into account the new producers and exporters of LNG, such as the US uh, or Mozambique or Australia, uh, emerging as top LNG uh, exporters. Assessing the potential competitors and their potential markets, the most relevant market for the East, Mass, uh, East Mediterranean gas, including uh, the gas in uh, Lebanon, seems to be Europe, including Turkey. We can see that energy security is being increasingly associated with concepts such as foreign policy and national security, besides economic growth and sustainable development. On the other hand, oil and gas historically been politically changed commodities, and Eastern Mediterranean resources are not free of political obstacles either. In that respect, Israeli's uh, complicated relations with its neighbors, state of relations between Turkey and Israel, uh, the Cyprus problem, the Syrian conflict, 
the political uh, situation in Lebanon and the delimitation of maritime boundary issues complicate uh, the picture in our region, in the Eastern Mediterranean. Uh, as far as uh, I will not dwell much on our well-known views on the hydrocarbon resources around the island, uh, uh, Cyprus Island, but needless to say, the hydrocarbon resources around the island belong to the two communities, Turkish Cypriots and Greek Cypriots living on the island. For that reason, they should be explored and exploited on the basis of equal rights and joint decisions. Currently, there exists a positive climate on the island. The negotiations for a comprehensive settlement aiming to establish a new partnership in Cyprus have reached a final and critical phase despite the recent uh, stalemate uh, in Geneva, in Switzerland. In the context of the ongoing comprehensive settlement negotiations, I think this is very important, there exists a consensus between the Turkish Cypriot side and the Greek Cypriot side that after a political uh, possible settlement, exploration and exploitation of natural resources shall be among the competencies to be exercised by the new federal government. In other words, the uh, offshore resources should be in the competence of the new federal government uh, to be established uh, after the possible political settlement. Uh, so, uh, Turkish Cypriots and Turkey is of the opinion that until then, unilateral actions should be avoided. Reaching a comprehensive settlement in Cyprus will not solve the problem of equitable sharing of the hydrocarbon resources, but also increase the prospects of energy investments and cooperation. To sum up, uh, uh, we are facing a situation where Eastern Mediterranean hydrocarbon resources can either turn to be a liability or an opportunity for the resolution of the disputes in the region. Turkey strongly believes that hydrocarbon resources could serve as a source of peace, cooperation and welfare for the parties involved. As I mentioned this to you during the break, uh, we believe that the hydrocarbon exploration and exploitation activities in the Eastern Mediterranean should be handled through an integrated and holistic approach which would cover the entire region. In other words, the Eastern Mediterranean should be considered as a single basin. Obviously, the, the energy developments in the region will be shaped by decree of political stability, government's policies, regional relations, investment climate, and commerciality of the projects. Naturally, commercial, commercialization of the projects will require realistic evaluation. I suppose the picture seems quite different from the viewpoint uh, of a government in the region than the viewpoint of a CEO of an energy company. Let me now explore whether it would be possible to find an optimal solution without Turkey and what role to, uh, Turkey could play uh, in terms of the Mediterranean resources. 
Several large-scale projects are under consideration to bring gas from eastern Mediterranean to the markets, including the proposed uh, pipelines from Israel and Cyprus to Egypt and Jordan to supply gas to these markets and through Egypt's export infrastructure, this is the LNG infrastructure, to more distant markets. Other options, uh, as I said, are building LNG export facilities in Israel or Cyprus or building subsea pipelines to Greece or Turkey. The local energy market of the Cyprus island is too small to justify uh, the development of the gas fines without the exports. Israeli, Palestinian and Jordanian markets are not sufficiently large uh, either. Consumption in the region is instead uh, dominated by Egypt and Turkey. A connection to Egypt appears to be an option, but domestic output from Zor field can soak up the demand in Egypt. Moreover, companies will most probably take into account the consequences of a highly subsidized market. From commercial standpoint, the experts indicate that transporting gas to Greece by a subsea pipeline or through building LNG terminals are somewhat distant prospects as, the, uh, as these are technically challenging and cost-intensive options. Uh, what, uh, what could be Turkey's role for the exportation of East Med, Mas, uh, Med gas in the future? Uh, before answering this question, I would like to uh, touch upon very briefly the energy outlook of Turkey. But before going to the next slide, I made a small uh, graphics on giving the options uh, in, detail to, uh, in detail to you based on the information that I gathered f uh, from, the, from the online sources. Uh, Going back to Turkey's energy outlook, unlike many of its neighbors, Turkey is not rich in hydrocarbon resources. Our energy import dependency is 75%, yet our economics is expanded and we starve for energy. Driving, uh, driven by strong population growth, urbanization and economic expansion, our energy consumption rates have more than tripled since the 1990s. Recent surveys suggest that our energy demand uh, is expected to be, uh, to be doubled by 2023. We imported, we imported uh, around 25 million tons of crude oil, and these are the countries uh, that we import crude oil, and mostly uh, Iraq. And we imported almost 50 billion BCM of natural gas in 2015. Uh, we have an annual energy demand increase of around 4% over the last decades, which put Turkey at the top rank among the OECD countries. Standing at the crossroads between many, uh, major energy producers and consumer markets and offering short, secure and sustainable route, Turkey is also aiming at becoming an energy hub. 
new projects on LNG, including FSRU and UGS, as well as new legislation are upcoming to make this goal re realizable. These are uh, in five points. These are the Turkey's natural gas strategy that we intend to enforce in the coming years. Of course, I mean, being, uh, being an energy hub is one of them, but of course there's a long way ahead and a comprehensive homework to accomplish on our side. Our advantage geographic location, of course, functions as a connector uh, between East and West energy suppliers and the European markets. With the dissolution of the Soviet Union and the emergence of new states, Turkey played a crucial role together with its partners in the implementation of two major pipelines. Uh, this, is, this is called the East-West Corridor, namely the Baku-Tbilisi-Jehan crude oil uh, and baku tbilisi Erzurum natural gas pipelines as it is uh, shown on the map. Nowadays, uh, Turkey, we are working on uh, this time uh, on bringing into life the Sardin gas corridor, uh, the Trans-Anatolian Natural Gas Pipeline. It's called TANAP, and it's the m one of the most important projects that we are working on now. This, uh, the delivery of gas to Turkey will start in mid-2018, and to Europe in 2020. The pipeline can also include additional Azeri volumes plus Turkmengas. TANAP project remains our number one priority and we attach utmost importance to the timely realization of all components of, the, of this corridor, including the trans-Adriatic pipeline between Greece and Italy. Currently, uh, Turkey uh, is important its gas supply, supplies from Russia via two pipelines, the West Line and the Blue Stream. It is shown on the map. The contracts regarding the West Line and the Blue Stream are due by the end of 2021 and 2025, respectively. So it is not late. Uh, you, you, you mentioned that you lost the Turkish market. The, the, the Turkish market is still there, uh, and there's a prospect uh, that you can export the East Med gas to Turkey. Uh, there is also a popular uh, subject. This is the Turk stream. Uh, regarding the Turk Stream, that's another pipeline in the Black Sea. The intergovernmental agreement was signed uh, in last October during the margins of the World Energy Congress. Uh, this agreement is laying the legal foundation of the project and constitutes an additional step forward. The Turk Stream project is currently envisaged to consist of two parallel lines, with the first line designed for the Turkish and the second line designed uh, for European markets. In the first phase, the focus will be on the first line, feeding the Turkish market with almost 16 uh, BCM. The gas to be transported through this line will substitute the gas uh, Turkey currently receives through the western route. So this is not, uh, this new uh, Turk stream is not 
uh, we do not intend to get extra gas, but we will substitute the, uh, the corridor uh, coming to Turkey through Ukraine, Moldova, Moldova Romania, and Bulgaria. In, co in conclusion, Turkey is a market with its increasing demand for natural gas and cost-effective transit country with its current and developing infrastructure seems to be the most feasible and commercially viable option for the export of offshore gas of Israel, the island of Cyprus, and Lebanon. Indeed, for Turkey striving for energy diversification, the East Met natural gas emerges as an important potential additional source. Obviously, neither Turkey's or Europe's energy demand nor the gas fines can eliminate all obstacles overnight. But despite the complex political situation and technical issues on the production and the exportation of gas resources surrounding the Eastern Mediterranean, various, uh, a number of studies point to Turkey as the most viable and profitable route for the transportation of the new volumes of gas discovered in the Eastern Mediterranean. Uh, these are, uh, I think, if you, uh, if you look at Turkey's consumption levels, we expect to uh, we expect to, do, to reach the consumption of uh, 70 BCM uh, by 2035, and that is a huge number. That's a number enough uh, for the East Mats gas to be exported to Turkey uh, as well. Uh, so I think uh, this motivates all actors in finding win-win uh, solutions uh, to, uh, to the outstanding issues that we are having in the East Met. To sum up, while offshore natural gas discoveries have the potential to significantly alter supply dynamics, dynamics in the Eastern Mediterranean region, several outstanding issues uh, could limit the viability of this, those sup, uh, supplies in the short term. Geopolitical developments and politics have a major effect on the energy outlook of the region. So uh, these can affect the timing and direction of pipelines, size of fuel flows, and their role in energy systems. Let us hope that the new discoveries will produce opportunities for cooperation, partnership, and prosperity rather than new complications. Before concluding, I would like to say a few words on the case of Lebanon and its uh, potential energy resources. Two Turkish companies were pre-qualified for Lebanon's first offshore licensing round in 2013. Despite the ongoing delays in the process, our companies are still interested in the tender. We are hopeful that the new positive political atmosphere after the election of His Excellency uh, President Aoun as the, uh, and the designation of Prime Minister Hariri will prevail and pave the way for the tender process to be reactivated. We are looking forward to the quick formation uh, of the Lebanese government, which hopefully will take the oil and gas issues on top of its agenda.